Krishna, dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books, right here in the live studios at Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just near the English Channel. We have two honored guests, esteemed guests today, uh, Radharaman Prabhu, old-time friend and owner of the apartment we live in. We call him the Prince of Hive. And Dolmora, <coughs> the not too recently appointed Temple President of London, ISKCON. So we are uh, an august company, let's put it that way. We hope you're all well and happy and safe and uh, ready to tune in to the safe haven, the sound vibration of Srila Prabhupada's books. Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram by Srila Sanatana Goswami is written by him to glorify the Srimad Bhagavatam, but we read it before the Bhagavad Gita readings because the Bhagavad Gita is not different being uh, spoken by Krishna himself. Bhagavad Gita is spoken by Krishna himself. Srimad Bhagavatam spoken mostly about Krishna and a little bit from Krishna himself to Uddhava. Goes like this. Sarva Shastrabdi Piyusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala <coughs> Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja Sarva Lokaika Drikprada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kalidwandodita Ditya, Sri Krishna Parivartita. O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali, you are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya, Prema Varshakshadayate, Sarvada Sevasevyaya, Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you, who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madekabando Matsangi. Madguro man mahadana, man nestadagamad bhagya, mad ananda namostute. My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu, sadu tadayin, adini chuchatakada. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. 
Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So we reached the fifth chapter of Krishna's instructions to Arjuna and to the whole world, the whole universe, re-establishing the eternal parampara. We're beginning with text 14. Nakartvitvam nakarmani lokasya srijuti prabhu nakarma palasam yogam subhavastu pravartate The embodied spirit, master of the city of his body, does not create activities, nor does he induce people to act, nor does he create the fruits of action. All this is enacted by the modes of material nature. Purport. <clears throat> the living entity as will be explained in the seventh chapter, is one of the energies or natures of the Supreme Lord, but is distinct from matter, which is another nature, called inferior of the Lord. Somehow the superior nature, the living entity, has been in contact with material nature since time immemorial. The temporary body or material dwelling place which he obtains is the cause of varieties of activities and their resultant reactions. Living in such a conditional atmosphere, one suffers the results of the activities of the body by identifying himself in ignorance with the body. It is ignorance acquired from time immemorial that is the cause of bodily suffering and distress. As soon as the living entity becomes aloof from the activities of the body, he becomes free from the reactions as well. As long as he is in the city of the body, he appears to be the master of it. But actually, he is neither its proprietor nor controller of its actions and reactions. He is simply in the midst of the material ocean, struggling for existence. The waves of the ocean are tossing him, and he has no control over them. His best solution is to get out of the water by transcendental Krishna consciousness. That alone will save him from all turmoil. Text 15. Nadate kaschatit papam nachaiva sakritam bibu agyaninavritam gyanam tinam muyantiyat jantavaha. Nor does the Supreme Lord assume anyone's sinful or pious activities. Embodied beings, however, are bewildered because of the ignorance which covers their real knowledge. Purport The Sanskrit word vibhu means the Supreme Lord who is full of unlimited knowledge, riches, strength, fame, beauty, and renunciation. 
he is always satisfied in himself, undisturbed by sinful or pious activities. He does not create a particular situation for any living entity, but the living entity, bewildered by ignorance, desires to be put into certain conditions of life, and thereby his chain of action and reaction begins. A living entity is by superior nature, full of knowledge. Nevertheless, he is prone to be influenced by, the, by ignorance due to his limited power. The Lord is omnipotent, but the living entity is not. The Lord is vibhu, or omniscient, but the living entity is anu, or atomic. Because he is a living soul, he has the capacity to desire by his free will. Such desire is fulfilled only by the omnipotent Lord. And so, when the living entity is bewildered in his desires, the Lord allows him to fulfill those desires. But the Lord is never responsible for the actions and reactions of the particular situation which may be desired. Being in a bewildered condition, therefore, the, the embodied soul identifies himself with the circumstantial material body and becomes subjected to the temporary misery and happiness of life. The Lord is the constant companion of the living entity as Paramatma, or the Supersoul, and therefore he can understand the desires of the individual soul as one can smell the fragrance of a flower by being near it. Desire is a subtle form of conditioning for the living entity. The Lord fulfills his desire as he deserves. Man proposes and God disposes. The individual is not, therefore, omnipotent in fulfilling his desires. The Lord, however, can fulfill all desires, and the Lord, being neutral to everyone, does not interfere with the desires of the minute, independent living entities. However, when one desires Krishna, the Lord takes special care and encourages one to desire in such a way that, he, that one can attain to him and, he, and, he, and be eternally happy. The Vedic hymns therefore declare, Esha u yaeva sadhu karma karayati tang yam ebyo lokebya uninishate Esha u eva sadhu karma karayati yam adho nishate The living entity engages the Lord engages the living entity in pious activities so that he may be elevated. The Lord engages him in impious activities so that he may go to hell. Koshtikaki Koshitaki Upanishad 3.8 Similar, Similarly, the Mahabharata Vanaparva 31.27 states Agyo Jantur Anisho Yam Atmanak 
Sukadukayoho Ishwada Prerito Gachchet Swargam Vashabiram Abramevacha. The living entity is completely dependent in his distress and happiness. By the will of the Supreme, <clears throat> he can go to heaven or hell as a cloud is driven by the air. Therefore, the embodied soul, by his immemorial desire to avoid Krishna consciousness, causes his own bewilderment. Consequently, although he is constitutionally eternal, blissful, and cognizant, due to the littleness of his existence, he forgets his constitutional position of service to the Lord and is thus entrapped by nations. And under the spell of ignorance, the living entity claims that the Lord is responsible for his conditional existence. The Vedanta Sutras 2.134 also confirm this. Vaishangya nairigrinye nisapik shabat tatahi darshanat darshayati the Lord neither hates nor likes anyone, though he appears to. Text 16. Jnanina tutadagyanam yesham nashidam atmanaha tesham adityavaj jnanam prakashayati tat padam. When, however, one is enlightened by the knowledge by which nations is destroyed, then his knowledge reveals everything, as the sun lights up everything in the daytime. Purport Those who have forgotten Krishna must certainly be bewildered, but those who are in Krishna consciousness are not bewildered at all. It is stated in the Bhagavad Gita, Sarvam jnana plavena, jnana plavena, jnanagni sarvakarmani, and nahi jnanena sadrisham. Knowledge is always highly esteemed. And what is that knowledge? Perfect knowledge is achieved when one surrenders unto Krishna. As is said in the seventh chapter, 19th verse, Bahunam janmanamante jnanavam mam prabhadyate After passing through many, many births, when one perfect in knowledge surrenders unto Krishna, or when one attains Krishna consciousness, then everything is revealed to him, as everything is revealed by the sun in the daytime. The living entity is bewildered in so many ways, for instance, when he unceremoniously thinks himself God, he actually falls into the last snare of nations. If a living entity were God, then how could he become bewildered by nations? Does God become bewildered by nations? If so, then nations or Satan would be greater than God. Real knowledge can be obtained from a person who is in perfect Krishna consciousness. Therefore, one has to seek out 
such a bona fide spiritual master, and under him learn what Krishna consciousness is. For Krishna consciousness will certainly drive away all nations as the sun drives away darkness. Even though a person may be in full knowledge that he is not this body, but is transcendental to the body, he still may not be able to discriminate between the soul and the super-soul. However, he can know everything well if he cares to take shelter of the perfect, bona fide, Krishna-conscious spiritual master. One can know God and one's relationship with God only when one actually meets a representative of God. A representative of God never claims that he is God, although he is paid all the respect ordinarily paid to God because he has knowledge of God. One has to learn the distinction between God and the living entity. Lord Sri Krishna therefore stated in the second chapter, 2.12, that every living being is individual and that the Lord also is individual. They were individuals in the past, they are individuals at present, and they will be, continue to be individuals in the future, even after liberation. At night, we see everything as one in the darkness. But in daytime, when the sun is up, we see everything in its real identity. Identity with individuality in spiritual life is real knowledge. Text 17. Tad buriyas tadatmanas tanishtas tatparayanaha gachchanta punaravritim jnanat nirdutta kalmashaha. When one's intelligence, mind, faith, and refuge are all fixed in the Supreme, then one becomes fully cleansed of misgivings through complete knowledge and thus proceeds straight on the path of liberation. Purport. The Supreme Transcendental Truth is Lord Krishna. The whole Bhagavad Gita centers around the declaration that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. That is the version of all Vedic literature. Paratattva means the Supreme Reality, who is understood by the knowers of the Supreme as Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan. Bhagavan, or the Supreme Personality of Godhead, is the last word in the Absolute. There is nothing more than that. The Lord says, Mattak paratanam nanyat kinchidasti dananjaya. Impersonal Brahman is also supported by Krishna. Brahmanohi pratishtaham. Therefore, in all ways, Krishna is the supreme reality. One whose mind, intelligence, and faith, and refuge are always in Krishna, or in other words, one who is, in, one is, is fully in Krishna consciousness, is undoubtedly washed clean of all misgivings and is in perfect knowledge of everything concerning transcendence. A Krishna-conscious person can thoroughly understand that there is duality, simultaneous identity 
and individuality in Krishna and equipped with such transcendental knowledge, one can make steady progress on the path of liberation. Text 18. Vidya Vinaya Sampane Brahmane Gavihastini Shuni Chaiva Shapakecha Panditak Samadarshinaha The humble sages, by virtue of true knowledge, see with equal vision a learned and gentle Brahmana, a cow, an elephant, a dog, and a dog eater, outcast. Purport. A Krishna conscious person does not make men a Krishna conscious person does not make any distinction between species or castes. The Brahmana and the outcast may be different from the social point of view, or a dog, a cow, and an elephant may be different from the point of view of species. But these differences of body are meaningless from the viewpoint of a learned transcendentalist. This is due to their relationship with the Supreme. For the Supreme Lord, by His plenary portion as Paramatma, is present in everyone's heart. Such an understanding of the Supreme is real knowledge. As far as the bodies are concerned, in different castes or different species of life, the Lord is equally kind to everyone because He treats every living being as a friend yet maintains himself as Paramatma, regardless of the circumstances of the living entities. The Lord as Paramatma is present both in the outcast and in the Brahmana. Although the body of a Brahmana and that of an outcast are not the same. The bodies are material productions of different modes of material nature, but the soul and the super-soul within the body are of the same spiritual quality. The similarity and the quality of the soul and the super-soul, however, does not make them equal in quantity. For the individual soul is present only in that particular body, whereas the Paramatma is present in each and every body. A Krishna conscious person has full knowledge of this and therefore he is truly learned and has equal vision. The similar characteristics of the soul and super-soul are that they are both conscious, eternal and blissful. But the difference is that the individual soul is conscious within the limited jurisdiction of the body whereas the super-soul is conscious of all bodies. The super-soul is present in all bodies without distinction. Text 19 Ihai Vatar Jitak Sargo Yesham Sam Yes Titam Manaha Nir Dosham Hisamam Brahma Tasmat Brahmadis Days Titaha Those whose minds are established in sameness and equanimity have already conquered the conditions of birth and death. 
They are flawless like Brahman and thus they are already situated in Brahman. Purport Equanimity of mind, as mentioned above, is the sign of self-realization. Those who have actually attained to such a stage should be considered to have conquered material conditions, specifically birth and death. As long as one identifies with this body, he is considered a conditioned soul, but as soon as he is elevated to the stage of equanimity, through realization of the self, of self, he is liberated from conditional life. In other words, he is no longer subject to taking birth in the material world, but can enter into the spiritual sky after his death. The Lord is flawless because he is without attraction or hatred. Similarly, when a living entity is without attraction or hatred, he also becomes flawless and eligible to enter into the spiritual sky. Such persons are to be considered already liberated and their symptoms are described below. Text 20 Na prayishyat priyam prapya no dvijat prapya chapriyam stira budhir asamudo brahmavid brahmani stitaha a, a person who neither rejoices upon achieving something pleasant nor laments upon obtaining something unpleasant who is self-intelligent who is unbewildered and who knows the science of God is already situated in transcendence. Purport The symptoms of the self-realized person are given herein. The first symptom is that he is not illusioned by the false identification of the body with his true self. He knows perfectly well that he is not this body but is the fragmental portion of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He is therefore not joyful in achieving something, nor does he lament in losing anything which is related to his body. This steadiness of mind is called stirabhuti, or self-intelligence. He is therefore never bewildered by mistaking the gross body for the soul, nor does he accept the body as permanent and disregard the existence of the soul. This knowledge elevates him to the station of knowledge, the complete, the complete science of the Absolute Truth, namely Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan. He thus knows his constitutional position perfectly well without falsely trying to become one with the Supreme in all respects. This is called Brahman realization or self realization. Such steady consciousness is called Krishna consciousness. Text 21. Bhayasparshesha Shaktatma Vindat Yatmani Yatsukam Sabrama Yoga Yuktatma Sukam Akshayamashnute. Such a liberated person is not attracted to material sense pleasure, but is always entranced, enjoying the pleasure within. 
In this way, the self-realized person enjoys unlimited happiness, for he concentrates on the Supreme. Purport Sri Yamunacharya, a great devotee in Krishna consciousness, said, Yad abadi mama cheta krishna padara vinde navanavarasadamya yudyatam rantumasit tad abidi batanari sangame smaryamane bhavadi mokabhikarak sushtu nishtivanamcha Since I have been engaged in the transcendental loving service of Krishna, realizing ever new pleasure in Him, Whenever I think of sex pleasure, I spit at the thought. My lips curl with distaste. A person in Brahma Yoga or Krishna consciousness is so absorbed in the loving service of the Lord that he loses his taste for material sense pleasure altogether. The highest pleasure in terms of matter is sex pleasure. The whole world is moving under its spell, and a materialist cannot work at all without this motivation. But a person, en but a person engaged in Krishna consciousness can work with greater vigor without sex pleasure, which he avoids. That is the test in spiritual realization. Spiritual realization and sex pleasure go ill together. A Krishna conscious person is not attracted to any kind of sense pleasure due to his being a liberated soul. Text 22. Yehi sansparsha jam boga dukayonaya evate. An intelligent person does not take part in these sources of misery, which are due to contact with the material senses. O son of Kunti, such pleasures have a beginning and an end, and so the wise man does not delight in them. Purport Material sense pleasure, material sense pleasures are due to the contact of the material senses, which are all temporary because the body itself is temporary. A liberated soul is not interested in anything which is temporary. Knowing well the joys of transcendental pleasures, how can a liberated soul agree to, to enjoy false pleasure? In the Padma Purana it is said, Brahmante yogino nante satyanande chedatmani itirama padesano param brahma vidyate. The mystics derive unlimited transcendental pleasures from the Absolute Truth, and therefore the Supreme Absolute Truth. The Personality of Godhead is also known as Rama. In the Srimad Bhagavatam also it is said, 551, Nayam deho 
deho de habajam niloke kastan kaman arhate vid pujam ye tapo divyam putrika yena satvam shudyat yasmad brahmasaukyam twanantam my dear sons there is no reason to labor very hard for sense pleasure while in this human form of life such pleasures are available to these stool eaters, hogs. Rather, you should undergo penances in this life by which your existence will be purified and as a result you will be able to enjoy unlimited transcendental bliss. Therefore, those who are true yogis or learned transcendentalists are not attracted by sense pleasures which are the causes of continuous material existence. The more one is addicted to material pleasures, the more he is entrapped by material miseries. Text 23 Shaknodhi hai vayaksudum prakshadidavi mokshanat kamakrodot bhavam begam sayukta sasuki naraha before giving up this present body, if one is able to tolerate the urges of the material senses and check the force of desire and anger, he is well situated and is happy in this world. Purport If one wants to make steady progress on the path of self-realization, he must try to control the forces of the material senses. There are the forces of talk, forces of anger, forces of mind, forces of the stomach, forces of the genitals, and forces of the tongue. If one is able to control the forces of all these different senses and the mind, is called Goswami or Swami. Such Goswamis live strictly controlled lives and forgo altogether the forces of the senses. Material desires, when unsatiated, generate anger, and thus the mind, eyes, and chest become agitated. Therefore, one must practice to control them before one gives up this material body. One can do this, one who can do this is understood to be self realized and is thus happy in the state of self realization. It is the duty of the transcendentalist to try strenuously to control desire and anger. Text 24 Yontak sukontara ramas tatantar jyotyadevayaha sayogi brahmanirvanam brahmabhuto digachchiti One whose happiness is within, who is active and rejoices within, and whose aim is inward, is actually the perfect mystic. He is liberated in the Supreme, and ultimately he attains the Supreme. Purport Unless one is able to relish happiness from within, how can one retire from the external engagements meant for deriving superficial happiness? A liberated person enjoys happiness by factual experience. 
He can therefore sit silently at any place and enjoy the activities of life from within. Such a liberated person no longer desires external material happiness. This state is called Brahma Bhuta, attaining which one is assured of going back to Godhead, back to home. Text 25. Alavante Brahmanir Banam Rishayak China Kalmashaha China Dwaida Yatatmana Sarva Bhuta Hite Rataha those who are beyond the dualities that arise from doubts, whose minds are engaged within, who are always busy working for the welfare of all living beings and who are freed from all sins, achieve liberation in the Supreme. Purport Only a person who is fully in Krishna consciousness can be said to be engaged in welfare work for all living entities. When a person is actually in the knowledge that Krishna is the fountainhead of everything, then when he acts in that spirit, he acts for everyone. The sufferings of humanity are due to forgetfulness of Krishna as the supreme enjoyer, the supreme proprietor, and the supreme friend. Therefore, to act to revive this consciousness within the human, entire human society is the highest welfare work. One cannot be engaged in such first-class welfare work without being liberated in the Supreme. A Krishna conscious person has no doubt about the supremacy of Krishna. He has no doubt because he is completely freed from all sins. This is the state of divine love. A person engaged only in ministering to the physical welfare of human society cannot factually help anyone. Temporary relief of the external body and the mind is not satisfactory. The real cause of one's difficulties and the hard struggle for life may be found in one's forgetfulness of his relationship with the Supreme Lord. When a man is fully conscious of his relationship with Krishna, he is actually a liberated soul, although he may, although he may be in the material tabernacle. And we'll stop there. Seven forty-five. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Shri Bhagavad Gita, as it is, Shri Prabhupada, Shri Gaur Premanandi, Hare Hare. So, if we have any uh, points that came out in the reading that stuck in your mind that you want to reflect upon or discuss, please be our guest. Radharaman has something. You have to go over there. just a couple of uh, little comments brief comments because I saw that there's some nice questions lined up on the chat so I'll keep this brief 
that uh, at five eighteen, um, which is a very well-known verse, the humble sage, by virtue of true knowledge, sees with equal vision a learned, a gentle Brahmin, a cow, an elephant, a dog, and a dog eater. And I know that Lokanath Maharaj always makes the point that if the vidya, the knowledge, isn't followed by the vinaya, humility, gentleness, then it's not actually real knowledge, it's something else. And then the the other point was that uh, I couldn't help remembering, Maharaj, that uh, when we were hearing those verses about um, um, enjoying life within, um, I remember that was your one whose happiness is within, within, who is active within, who rejoices within, and is illumined within is the perfect mystic. I couldn't help remember that was your line on Sankatan in the early 90s when you went out on the HMV and sold uh, a lot of a lot of Bhagavad Gita straight <laughs> and uh, Hare Krishna yeah Hare Bol Hare Krishna. And thank you for the beautiful reading, Marsh. Thank you. My voice isn't so good today, but by your presence, something came out. So, um, what some reason this one stuck to me today was. It is the duty of the transcendentalist to try strenuously to control desire and anger. Yes, yes, it is. So it seems to indicate here that effort, a lot of effort must go strenuously, that's a strong word. Very strong word. To control desire and anger. Yes. It requires a lot of attention, a lot of energy. A lot of determination to overcome these things. Yes. It has to be a constant practice. It's a duty. Yes. It's a service to control anger. Yes. Control desire. Yes. And equanimity. We heard about a lot about that in the beginning of the reading. When one has attained equanimity through that process of strenuously controlling the desire and anger, then he comes to the platform where he can be neutral. Yeah, otherwise, you can't be neutral. No matter what kind of show he puts on, it's not the real deal. You got something over there, my dear Abai? Well, from first cyberspace. First, there's something from Jason Starkey. Hari Bal Vakta Jason. Hari Krishna. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please. Go ahead. Please accept my humble obeisances. A, a person in full Krishna consciousness is unbewildered. How can we know if we are Krishna conscious or not? 
especially if we are always bewildered. Well, if you're always bewildered, then you can know that you're not Krishna conscious. <laughs> so if you're always bewildered, that means you're doing something wrong. You have to search out that what you're doing wrong within and correct it according to the instructions of the Gita, and then you will become unbewildered. In other words, these books are not just armchair speculations or things that people do to enjoy, to get away from the mundane you know, life. Of course, we, well, we do get away from the mundane life when we read them, but they're for application. We have to apply. Each soul, each soul has the capacity to apply these things into his consciousness, in his behavior, his character. And that's the meaning of these verses, these stress, control of the mind and the senses, controlling desire and anger. If one's always feeling frustrated, if one's always feeling restless, and if one is not, that, that one is not capable of concentrating on what he's doing properly, and therefore whatever it is, it will be of an inferior quality. Hare Krishna. Rati Manjari. Hari Bom Rati. She says, Jai Guru Maharaj, the sound of transcendence. Bhagavad Gita as it is. And from Sudevi Dasi. Hare Krishna Sudevi Dasi. She's my god sister in Florida. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Thank you again for knocking at my heart's door and giving me hope. Haribo. Haribo. And from Anandamurti. Hari Bolanandamurti, she's in Osaka, Japan. Dear Guru Dev and all devotees, please accept my respectful obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. And from Goranga Gopal. Goranga Gopal, Hari Bol. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. I really appreciated what Prabhupada says in his purport to verse 16. Quote, At night we see everything as one in the darkness, but in the daytime when the sun is up, we see everything in its real identity. Identity with individuality and spiritual life is real knowledge. Unquote. Prabhupada is so expert in giving the highest understanding in such simple phrases and analogies. It makes me want to unpack this sentence and discover ever deeper meanings. Yes, and Prabhupada told us, if you just keep reading it, don't read it and then go on to something else. Just keep reading it and all the deeper meanings will be revealed within your heart. From Bhaktarupa. Haribo Bhaktarupa. Hare Krishna Maharaj, thank you so much for reading this evening. How do we get better at checking the force of anger? Practice makes perfect. 
Don Mora brought up the point, the word strenuously. You have to strenuously make an effort. It is not an easy thing to do, and you can't do it unless your effort is strenuous and consistent and uh, constant. And of course, the practical side of it is when somebody says something to you that normally would make you angry, as your mother told you, count to ten before you say anything. How are you, Krishna? I'm from Jai Baladev. Jai Baladev, my old friend. Haribo. A famous atheist says we have free will, but God forces free will on us. So how is it free will? Well, that person hasn't realized or understood or experienced his own spiritual nature because we are a part and parcel of Krishna and because we're part and parcel of Krishna we have infinitesimal parts of his qualities and he is independently free his free will is supreme is complete but our, our free will is also there and it is, is never extinguishable but it is very tiny and because it's tiny we have a tendency to get overwhelmed by the material nature so the fact is that there is free will and there is also predestiny at the same time the first two verses that we read tonight describe this from the karmani lokisa sujati prabhu the karma palasamyala uh, the living being doesn't create activities. He doesn't uh, create the fruits of activities. He doesn't force anyone to act. All this is done by the modes of material nature. And then, The Supreme Lord doesn't assume anyone's uh, the reactions for their sinful activities. That is, that is their own business. It's their own business. It's not that Krishna is taking away or, or, or whatever, the free will. He, he, he gives, he keeps the free will. He, he permits the, the soul to keep his free will so that he can actually have the uh, option you don't have a free will you don't have option if you have free will then you have an option and then love can exist without free will love cannot exist so Krishna wants us he wants his, he wants loving service he wants us to serve him lovingly he doesn't he doesn't force anyone if a person doesn't want to reciprocate with him then he will be neutral So it's not that the Lord is interfering with the free will or taking it away. He's allowing everything. 
Hare Krishna. From Bhakta Jason, he says, Thank you very much, Maharaj. Hare Krishna, Bhakta Jason. Hare Bo. Bhakta Rupa says, But 10 seconds is such a long time, Maharaj. 10 seconds is such a long time? <laughs> oh, can't be. And from Rati Manjari. Hari Bo, Rati. Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Thank you for brightening my day once again. I heard several little gems tonight, one of which are, quote, desire is a subtle form of conditioning, unquote. So good to know. Another nice phrase I found in the purport of text 15. Quote, although he is constitutionally eternal, blissful, and cognizant, mm. Due to the littleness of his existence, mm. he forgets his constitutional position of service mm. to the Lord and is thus entrapped by nescience. Mm. A good reminder of how little I am. Mm. Mm. Yes, Prabhupada, in another place that he gets in the Bhagavatam, he says that the Lord, the absolute truth, must contain everything we have experienced and everything we have not experienced. Otherwise, it cannot be complete. He has, to, he has to have everything perfect within him and everything imperfect within him. Otherwise, he cannot be complete. Hare Krishna. Bhagavad Gita as it is, ki jai. Samabeda bhakta brinda ki jai. Gore premanandi hari hari bo. So tomorrow night we welcome you back. Uh, same time, same place, same topic. Uh, the unlimited, beautiful instructions of Krishna and Srila Prabhupada's masterful purports. See you tomorrow. Hare Krishna.